is our next guest is a well-rounded individual. You can find on Twitter at by Tim Reynolds. You should read his work and follow his social media musings. Pleasure to welcome on the program here on the block ESPN Radio, Tim Reynolds with us here. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Brent. How you doing, man? Tim, it's one of those things I've followed you on Twitter for so long. I know the passion you have for the Cuse and this never, you know, this is my fault. This is this is just a, a, a stain on my resume that it's taken this long to, to have you on the show. It's good to hear your voice, my friend. I appreciate you asking. I was thrilled, thrilled when I saw that ask come in. I um, and and this time of year with with all that's going on, it's you know I do have a job, so I, I do say no to a couple of them every now and then. But this one, nope, not a chance. How about I was, I was that? taking this one. How about that? I'm honored by that, Tim and. Uh, we were talking a little bit off the air because I had lost track of this. So not a CUSE alum, but... I worked in a few papers in, in New York. Um, met my wife at the Times Union in Albany um, in the late 90s. She moved to Miami. Um, I kind of had no choice but to come along for the ride. Um, I said we'd be here five years, and that was 20 years ago. <laughs> the, the rest of the- the rest, as they say, is history. Well, it's interesting. it's kind of like the DH in baseball. That was a temporary thing, and uh, here we are 40 years later, and it's still there. But now it, it's actually going to be in both leagues uh, in baseball starting next year. So funny how those things, those temporary things, can go in life. And, and Tim, you're right where the action is here because the NBA's imminent return here at Disney, at Orlando, is there. And I know a few players have expressed for whatever personal reasons that maybe they're not going to be a part of this, but let me just start there. Where are we with Disney, the return of the NBA, and how things are going to go as we know it, as it stands now? Well, I mean, don't underestimate the fact that, you know, that the NBA is going to Disney. I mean, you know, we all know the power of Disney and, and they, you know, ESPN being a broadcast partner of the league, you know, they, it, there's, there are many business reasons why everybody wants the game to come back, why they want the league to come back. Disney, of course, has a vested interest in having this. So, but they have this unusual capability of this facility in central Florida, near Orlando has three arenas, has like a billion hotel rooms. I mean, it has, if there is a place that you could pick up the entire NBA and drop it in one location and say, okay, this is going to work, it's, it's the wide world of sports complex down at Disney. And, you know, it seemed like a faraway notion. I, I remember when I first heard about it was in mid-April, and I brought it up with some NBA sources, and they're like, yeah, don't worry too much about it. Well, then about a week later, it starts picking up traction, and here we are. I mean, so it's... Look, the, the the numbers down here, they're not good. Everyone watches the news. Everyone knows what's happening. The numbers in Florida are climbing. The numbers in the Orlando area are really climbing. But the NBA and the players truly believe, Brent, that if everybody respects the sanctity of the bubble, and if the rules going in, starting today, everybody's testing, if the rules are followed, if the quarantines are followed, if, if everybody respects the bubble once they get there, they really believe they can pull this off and finish the season. It's interesting because like we just brought up baseball a moment ago, Tim, that they have to start a season. They have to get something in there, whereas the NBA is in the opposite situation. that They want to finish a season here. And, of course, there's financial uh, implications here. That's the reason, you know, honestly, they're really doing this here. But 
That's what I'm kind of curious about. Through all of it, what what was the motivation that you found from Silver, from the players? Was it as simple as money, or as it was, we can't leave a championship hole there? Like, what what was the driving force of we've got to finish this thing? Well, it, it's a lot of some things and a little of a few others. I mean, look, there there was. I mean, you want to crown a champion, especially you know we were getting to playoff time. We were a month away from the end of the regular season. You could see some teams starting to turn the corner and really become who we thought they would be at the start of the year. Um, of course, there's that. Of course, you don't ever want to be the team that, you know, you know, the league that doesn't finish. I mean, baseball didn't finish in 94 for very different reasons, but you just never want that. So for the, there's that one element, but it is business. I mean, keep in mind, it seems like a decade ago, but it was just October when the league was in China and you know, there was, I mean, there still are some fences to mend on the business side. The NBA and China have a multi-billion dollar relationship, and one tweet threatened that relationship and cost the league hundreds of millions of dollars, Brandon, revenue, like three or four hundred million dollars in revenue just from one tweet and the fallout from it. So when you take those losses and combine them with the potential losses of not finishing this season, it was going to be, you know, more than a billion in lost revenue this year, the players were going to feel that, the owners were going to feel that, the league was going to feel that. So, yes, business reasons are a big, big factor as to why. But the fact is we were so close to, we were so close to getting to the playoffs, getting to the best time of year, that's also a big impetus in trying to get this thing done. Tim Reynolds is our guest, covers the NBA for the Associated Press. You should give him a follow on Twitter and, of course, read his work. Tim, it, it, it struck me months later that the real moment, that this hit hard for everybody, if you weren't really paying attention, was that the NBA shut down, and then all the other sports like dominoes fell after that. Now, other sports have returned since then, but would the NBA's return in a way almost represent that this has come full circle in a way, that we've learned how to at least try to deal with this from a sports standpoint? Are they the the most important league that had to come back? I don't know if they're the most important. I think they'll have the most eyeballs on them. I think baseball has hurt itself in a big way. They'll come back. In theory, I guess they'll start around the same time as the NBA will restart. I think you're going to see a lot of fans sitting this one out because they're just very frustrated with baseball with both sides and probably for good reason. Um, You know, there won't be as many eyeballs on hockey as there will be the NBA. The NFL won't have started yet. I'm curious how the MLS situation at Disney is going to work. So in a lot of ways, Brent, I think you're right in that it's very important. I don't know if I'd call it the most important because there's a lot of, you know, there's, look, all the leagues count. I mean, the NWSL, you know, the Women's Soccer League is restarting this weekend in Utah. That's a big deal to a lot of people. But this one, the, the NBA definitely set the tone in, okay, we're shutting down and this is the process. And when you look at the protocols, you know, the MLS protocols and the NBA protocols are out. The MLS protocols are just a couple of pages as far as what they're going to do from a health and safety standpoint. The NBA protocols are 108 with a five-page table of contents on top of it. So it's incredibly in-depth, and that's going to be the important part, is that could the NBA, getting back and playing, that's great. Can the NBA figure out the science into in, in what it's going to take to play in a COVID-19 world? That's going to be the bigger takeaway, and they really think they've got the science figured out. Tim, so many uh, I's to dot, T's to cross, protocols to go through, safety procedures, testing. 
How about basketball? When they start playing again, what are the more fascinating storylines you're going to dive into when the games get going again? You ever watch the Syracuse Lemoyne game, like the second week of October? Yes. It's going to look like that. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> it's going like to be. Now remember, they lost one of those games, and it caused Jim Beheim never to play the the man to man defense ever again. So things can happen <laughs> in those games. <laughs> things can happen. It's going to look like early season college basketball. It's going to look like preseason NBA basketball. It, it just is. And and the other fascinating part of this is that when they go back. You know, the Lakers and the Bucks are like, their magic numbers are like two or three or something like that before they clinch the one seeds. They're not going to have a whole lot of interest in these eight games. Um, there's going to be teams with players getting sick. Phoenix has two players testing positive already. Um, they've got time, of course, to get them to Disney and get them right. But teams, players will get sick when, when we're there, when we're at Disney. You're going to see teams from the West lose a couple games early on and basically be eliminated. So, it's going to be that ugly mix of rusty basketball combined with some teams where the games just aren't going to matter a whole lot. And then in a lot of cases, when teams are playing for seeding, they, they will matter for some teams. So it's going to be really fascinating how, how teams play that balance, like how Frank Vogel and the Lakers are going to play the balance of, okay, I got to get my guys ready to play a really good team. You know, a team is playing really well in the first round because the, the team that gets the eight seed in the West, is going to earn it. They're going to play their way in. You have to work that balance as far as momentum versus rest. In the East, I think a lot of this stuff's going to be figured out pretty quickly. So those last few games are just going to be kind of awful to look at. I'm uh, Honestly, I'm dreading those seeding games. I, I think the basketball, by and large, is going to be bad. And then everybody will grumble. They shouldn't have come back. Look at this. It's terrible. It's a terrible product, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll get to the playoffs and everything will be fine. Tim, it was a pleasure to have you on the show today. Let's do this again soon. Keep up the great work. I appreciate the basketball insight, but I did have to close on this note because I saw you write about horse racing a little bit recently. Uh, you may have come across this horse, but there's a big story. Axeman the horse. He took the, the seventh race at Santa Anita this weekend. He's a five-year-old, so he's kind of out of his prime, but he's still winning races, and I'm just saying... You got a story there. This this horse is, is sweeping the nation. Listen, I too am out of my prime, so I, that's what I look for in a horse. So the next time I'm marking it down, the next time I see him in, in the entries anywhere, you know I'm playing. Him. You, you know, Axe Man. Just just keep that in mind. He's our he's our <laughs> horse. Then thank you so much, my friend. We'll catch you up soon. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Tim Reynolds, ladies and gentlemen. But it is baseball that. We are welcoming back, we think, maybe, kind of, sort of, I don't know. We think Bob Manfred mandating a 60-game season. Now I was monitoring the old social media during the break. They had until 5 o'clock today, the players did, to approve the safety protocols as our friend Jeff Passan, Syracuse grad of ESPN, MLB Insider, reported based on conversations with a number of players, there is a strong expectation the MLPA will vote yes on MLB's proposed July 1st report date, codify the health and safety protocol with slight tweaks, and lock in a 60-game season that begins around July 24th. As Passon goes on to note, as I've learned over the last three months, never, ever, ever think MLP and the MLPA are close to anything until the ink is dry 
on an agreement, something he reiterated this morning on ESPN's Get Up show. Does this mean for certain we will have baseball this summer? Greeny, did you just say for certain yeah. and baseball? Because nothing is ever for certain with baseball. And until the ink is dry on an agreement, I don't think there's any counting your chickens before they come home. But this is finally a step in the right direction. And uh, of the players with whom I spoke last night, and there were a lot of them, not a single one said, we're going to pass up this opportunity. We're not going to figure out how to get the self health and safety protocols taken care of. This looks like it's going to happen. Now, we've been at this point plenty of times, but we haven't been this close to say that there is a schedule that is set and there are just a couple of small steps left. So by five o'clock Eastern today, we should know, Greeny, if in fact we can for certain say that baseball is going to be back. So Jeff, based on the conversations you've been having here, um, what is your expectation for how this thing plays out? I think that players want to get back and play, Greeny. You know, the whole when and where narrative that they were putting out there was a really good slogan for a little while. And then baseball told them when and told them where, and they were like, well, but this isn't exactly what we're looking for. The truth is, I think they want to, as much as they can, the players, get past these last three months because they've been ugly, because they have not reflected well on the sport, and because in the end they believe that the games will end up overshadowing all of those things and that when they do get back on the field and when they do start playing, people are going to remember that they love baseball even if they hate the fighting that has taken up all of the headlines over these last few months. That's Jeff Pass and Syracuse grad of ESPN, terrific MLB insider for the worldwide leader. Now, you heard him in that statement with Mike Greenberg say, by 5 p.m. today, Eastern time, we would know I's were dotted, T's were crossed, safety plan approved, and here we go. It is 5.10 p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, it's all quiet on the Western Front. was scanning some of the insiders, Bob Nightingale, Jeff Passan, Jason Stark, Buster Olney, during that clip that we were listening to. Staying on it in the moment for you, here on the block, ESPN Radio, minute-by-minute coverage. But I uh, haven't seen anything on that, so if and when... Regardless of the situation, what's approved, how it's approved. Do you care is the question. Do you care if baseball comes back at this point? And I'm glad that Passon brought it up in that conversation he had with Greeny there. Because we had to be very careful. There was a while. The, the, the pendulum really swung on this one. When Rob Manfred just over a week ago, goes on ESPN with Mike Greenberg on that special where they had all the commissioners of the major sports on to map out the return of sports. And I mean, it was a disaster. He said it was a disaster, literally. What was happening with baseball, the commissioner of baseball, the steward of the game, somebody that had to really put his big boy pants on and get the sport back is out there saying, oh, this is a disaster. The next day, he flies to Phoenix meets with Tony Clark, and all the reports coming out of that were, hey, we've got an agreement. Well, that, and what? 
Now, there's some things you would expect. No high fives, fist bumps, hugs. They're discouraging spitting, chewing of tobacco, chewing of sunflower seeds, which that'll be interesting to see given how much baseball players love to do these things. What about scratching the groin area? Was there a ruling on that one? We'll have to check on that. Spring training 2.0 set to begin. Now, July 1st, that, that's that's next week. Report for spring training in your home park. Like, July 1st is what? Next week. Wednesday? That's a week from tomorrow. So, hey, that's good. But through all this, the question that remains unanswered, so it's a, a great little debate to have here on the old Sports Talk Radio, is hearing this news to even the most diehard baseball fan, is it a matter of whatever? Is it a matter of, thank God baseball is coming back? I don't care how contentious this got. I don't care how ridiculous both sides look. I just need my sport. There's not a universal answer to this question, but think about this. There is genuine optimism and curiosity, frankly, about the return of the NBA. Same thing with hockey. I think NASCAR has gained a new audience for an extraordinary set of circumstances, but there's a genuine excitement and curiosity about that sport. Golf has brought in new viewers, not only out of desperation. Hey, live sports! Is this a mirage in the desert? No, this is live sports! But when it comes to baseball, they have managed to take that out of the equation. I I think some of that applies to people that are just desperate for it, but baseball coming back at this point feels like your mother just put Brussels sprouts in front of you. Now, I have grown as an adult to love Brussels sprouts if you roast them correctly with just the right amount of salt and pepper, maybe a little bacon. You want to get wild. Oh, I got Brussels sprouts recipes. Trust me. Ask me about my Brussels sprout recipe with a little salt, a little pepper, a little bacon, maple syrup. Maple syrup is key. I'm not making this up. This is true. But think about when you were a kid and it's like, <sighs> Brussels sprouts. You don't get your dessert until you eat your vegetables. It's almost like baseball coming back is, okay, fine, great. If I want sports, I've got to eat my vegetables. Right? That's what baseball feels like. There's not excitement. Now, as Jeff Passan noted there, will all of this, the negotiations, Manford looking like a clown, the player saying, tell us when and where, and then not exactly living up to that statement, everything. Will it all be cast aside when the beautiful game is played again? That first home run you see, that first exciting game you see. They'll have a curiosity. They're going to be playing before empty ballparks, which the Florida Marlins do all the time. But you know, most teams have somewhat of a crowd out there. Will all this be forgiven? We tend to say a lot of things about sports when they're not playing, and then when they come back, all is forgiven. This feels different to me with baseball, though. This does. We tend to have short memories in sports about the athletes we criticize, the wrong steps that they have off the field, whatever we criticize them for, one great moment and all is forgiven, right? We spend six days telling football what's wrong with its sport, how its rules are off, pass interference is this, and then Sunday comes and that first 75-yard touchdown Patrick Mahomes throws. I love football, right? Sports tends to hypnotize us more than a lot of things in life. There are other things I can get into in that conversation. Yay, democracy! I'll just leave out right now, but that's the magic of sports. So will that happen for baseball? Well, they better darn hope so. 
that your sport has enough of a hold on not only the ones that watch it every day, but now you've got work to do to bring in an audience that has otherwise left you. When the opportunity to do that has never been greater, baseball's got to work for it. All these other sports, just by natural curiosity in some extraordinary circumstances, as I brought up with NASCAR, have brought in a lot of new eyeballs that they could keep. Baseball is really going to have to work for it, grind for it, which I got news for you, they were doing before the pandemic. And they made it harder on themselves. Now, we'll monitor it during the break. We were supposed to have heard by 5 p.m. I's dotted, T's crossed, players approved it. And we have not as such. They are in extra innings in that conversation, but we shall keep an eye on it for you.